What is this? For the masses. Welcome to the For the Masses podcast. My name is Jonathan Barrett, your host. And this is episode six. Episode six is a little different from our other episodes, mainly because it's reposted from another show that I was on called the Just Chris Podcast, hosted by Chris Carter. Chris Carter is an amazing individual that I'm super grateful that I met. A high intellect, high aptitude young man. And his show is a current event show. He had me on. We talk about my life. And I think it was super valuable for the For the Masses community to know who they're listening to on a regular basis. So before we jump into this episode, uh, we have admin tasks because we do what we have to do. We take care of business and we don't make excuses, right? But I have a Discord group for anyone who wants to join. It's a place for like-minded individuals that come talk about finance, spirituality, and all things positive, okay? Our Instagram is underscore For the Masses podcast on Instagram. And our Facebook is For the Masses podcast on Facebook, okay? So enough with that. Let's jump into the episode for the Masses podcast. All right, JV. What's up, dude? I am stoked that you're on the podcast. How are you doing today? What's up, my dog? I'm doing well, bro. Dude, that's awesome to hear. JB, we've known each other. You know, it feels like we've known each other for like years now, but I was thinking about it as we we're setting up for the podcast. And I was like, actually, like we only knew each other for one year yeah. at DNE, Back which is crazy. Isn't that wild? It is crazy. Um, but while we were at DNE, I definitely considered you as, you know, my go-to guy, definitely a mentor. I came to you for multiple things, uh, such as when I was writing bylaws for IFC, any advice when it came to being an RA, you were the man, definitely the go-to guy on DNE's campus. Hey, well, I appreciate it. That means the world to me just because, like, hey, you're Chris Carter. You're the man. You know, I got there. They're like, hey, yo, Chris Carter, right? And, like, you know, that, that means a lot to me because, like, again, I, that's what I'm there for. You know, I'm one of the younger guys that was on campus. So it was, like, awesome to, like, help out and, to, like, tap in with the, the man on campus, Chris Carter. Hey, if that's what you want to go with, I'll tell you. You were, bro. Uh, you <laughs> you kind of want to introduce yourself, uh, who you are exactly, where you're from, what you're doing right now. Yeah, bro. So uh, John Barrett, rich from Richmond, Virginia, originally uh, lived in West Virginia for a few years, worked in higher education, higher ed professional, uh, worked on student affairs, multicultural, direct diversity and inclusion, uh, human resource officer in the Virginia National Guard. I've uh, been in for almost nine years, you know, um, I'm doing that and, you know, in a cyber unit. So, yeah, pretty uh, diverse palette, you know, and just looking at like, you know, help as many people as I can. Yeah. And you've been doing an awesome job. I was looking through uh, your LinkedIn the other day just so I could kind of get more of a background. I was like, dang, JB's kind of done it all, especially at, at Wheeling Jesuit. Is that correct? Yeah, bro. Wheeling Jesuit, man. And, um, you know, like there I started off there as like a wrestler, you know, Division Two. Uh, you know, six years later, uh, as a coach, we ended up taking number two in the nation. You know, then we wow, crazy, right? And um, that is crazy. So, like, super grateful for the opportunity, man, because a lot of people don't have that opportunity. So, you know, got to DE, and they're, they're on their way. DE's uh, wrestling team is pretty good, they'll be on their way to uh, top 10, top 15 here pretty soon. Yeah, I can definitely see that. They're definitely on the come up. They definitely bring in a lot of talent, and it seems like a lot out of New Jersey. A lot of New Jersey, the head coach, he's from New Jersey, bro. And like I said, he, okay. he's just so experienced, like, he just he gets it. You know, he understands how to manage people because that, that's a business. That's a business. You know, it's about managing people. Um, You know, they know how to wrestle if they come to college already, you know? Yeah, most definitely. So it's been a while since we've talked last. I mean, it's text responding here and there, Snapchats here and there. But what's new? What's going on right now in the life of JV? Yeah, bro. First of all, like, I'm grateful, like, you reached out to me, man. Like, like anytime, like, students reach out to me to ask me anything, bro, it means a lot to me, for real, man. Because it shows that, like, not only I made an impression, but, you know, they're trying to figure things out. And, like, you know, high performance acts clarifying questions. And I know you're a high performer, Chris Carter. Right. I appreciate that. You know, I remember you walked into my office and you're like, hey, yo, like, you know, can we do these bylaws? 
and then you pull out your laptop right there. I was like, oh, this kid different. He he's willing to like do the work right now, man. And um, so that was always something that like stuck out about you. And then the biggest thing was when you won like at Bingo some gift cards, and then you went over to the bookstore and bought all the blue books and sold them at upcharge. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Like that was probably one of the best decision business decisions I made in school, and I wish it would have gone like as well as it did in my head because. $25 gift card gotten for free as it was for bingo or it was for uh, like the Christmas gift or something. Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to finesse the system. So went to the bookstore. I bought what I thought was all of the blue books and <laughs> it was finals week that week. And I was like, you know what? Like they sell them 10 cents in the store. I'm selling them 25 cents last minute for all the kids walking to class. So I buy out the whole stack and the lady goes, all right, just Go get go to the back and get more stacks out from other people. And that's when it hit me. I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> my my business plan is down the drain. Dang. But you still you still sold them, right? You still sold them. Oh, I definitely sold some. And then I sold them. So I sold them a quarter each and then I think five for a dollar. But with people like in a rush getting a class or whatever, like they just throw me a dollar, throw me fifty cents for one. So I definitely made that's a pretty awesome. big profit. I didn't sell all of them, but you know, the stuff that I did sell, you know. Pretty good uh, return on investment, though. especially if you're like zero dollars, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, so I know when that happened, I was like, this kid, this kid gets it. Like no one, no one could get mad about that. Like no one at Student Affairs was like, oh man, Chris Carter is at it again. It was like, oh man, like I wish I would have thought of that. You know, so honestly, yeah, I was like, I was That's like, this crazy. kid, this kid gets it. You know, but uh, yeah, to your question, man. Like you said, like so, yeah, doing some full time military work. You know, we do. Um, I'm in a cyber unit. You know, I'm down in the DMV area doing some military stuff. I'm a lieutenant been been in for like nine years bro and um super super impactful on my life man done a lot for me so definitely blessing that's what i'm currently doing bro okay and what what got you interested in wanting to join that so i went to a military high school a lot of people don't know really yeah bro, a lot of people don't know that i, I didn't know that because uh my temperament i'm such a like chill dude but like i don't know everyone you say military school people assume like you have like problems you know, you know, I don't think I was a problem child, but I definitely had a phase of where I wanted to fit in. You know, I'm from inner city Richmond, uh, South Side. So uh, there's not much you can do, but get into stuff you shouldn't be doing, you know. Right. So, um, you know, I didn't get in trouble a lot. But when I did, you you know, um, you know, my mom resolved it quickly. So long story short, went to a military school, you know, super good decision. I was like, I don't want to do this full time when I graduate, but I could see doing a part time. So I went to college. I wanted to wrestle. Um, end up joining ROTC at BMI, bro. And I did that. And I enlisted because I was trying to get ROTC, like the one there, enlisted guard scholarships. End up transferring to Willing Jesuit, and um, I just stayed enlisted, bro. Okay. You know, all, all the way up to specialist, and then I went over to OCS, and I did OCS when I was like about five years in, and then commissioned as a second lieutenant, bro. So yeah, it's, okay. It's been a journey, man. It's been a journey. Yeah, it sounds like you said nine years. Nine years, bro. Nine years in November. Okay. What would you say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What would you say is like the biggest uh, like thing you've learned while being in the national guard? Like what's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, bro. Yeah. Like your most valuable lesson, I guess. Uh, I I feel like things are earned, not given, you know, like the military, like there's very merit based in a sense of like, Hey, these high performers, like this, that'll get you so far. But I also am understanding now there's a political aspect of it. But um, earn not given, man. Like, like when I wanted to go to OCS, man, like it was so much extra stuff that like you really got to want to be there, you know. And to give you, right. you know, a painted picture for everyone listening of like what what that actually looks like. When I got to OCS, uh, I was like two months from before shipping. Um, I was prior service, so I was able to like show up. Thirty three people. 
by the time I came back, three graduated from traditional class and I had six. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so like wow. you got to you got to be competitive. You got to want it. I, I think most of it, most of it is mental, but you got to want it, you know, but life happens, you know, especially if you have like kids and stuff like that. I was just, you know, blessed and like I was going younger. So then I have a family um, that came in between, you know, that goal. Time, bro. Right. And what type of characteristics do you think that you and the five other individuals had that allowed you to stand out above the remaining? What's that? 20? <laughs> yeah. 26, 27? Yeah, bro. Um, I think all of us, honestly, we, 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 we prepared prior to, you know, uh, physically because, you know, like when you're going through something like that, you just got to understand they're not going to kill you. You know, it's going to suck, but they're not going to kill you, you know. So just having like good healthy habits up until there so you prepare. And I think like like I said, like uh, high performers have certain traits like you ask, ask clarifying questions, you know. So if you don't understand it, you're going to figure it out. You know, and just having that, having that, like that research ability, that that ability that you want to like figure things out. You know, you know, you're out there, you don't have right. a phone or anything, but you're trying to figure it out. You know, and what that looks like. For example, so we do land navigation. Uh, land navigation, you got to find points in the woods. You go from dark to light, right? So they drop you there like at two a.m. and you got to find points. So for me, I was, I was like, honestly, I was like, I, I'm not the best at like going straight on following an azimuth, like a line. I'm not the best at mm-hmm. that because you naturally drift. So, you know, you just try to like figure it out. So I, I was like, I found all my points that were closer to the edge of the perimeter. And, and that, I, I got those points first, you know, and, okay. and you're just trying to constantly like innovate and like find plans like that. So I knew, hey, if I'm not good at like azimuth in, at, during the day, I'm definitely not going to be good at it during the night, you know. So that was kind of like the way I was able to like, you know, figure it out, you know, but just trying to figure it out. You know, I see that in you, bro. I appreciate that. I see that, that in you, bro. Definitely. So how was it trying to figure it out at night? <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was, it was something, man. But you just got to get really good at what you, your strengths. Like, so my strength was like, all right, well, if I'm not really good at like out there, like some guys would be out there, they would start, oh, well, this is my first point. They'll run to their first point because they just good like that, and then they'll find their second point. So for me, I had to like actually sit there for like an hour, like find all my points on the map, and then make my path. Okay. Yeah, you know, I guess. But I said some guys would just take off running. You know, and um, that's crazy. Yeah, but some of the people are really, really good. But that's experience, you know, and I wasn't the most experienced. So just take my time, figure it out and then, you know, see what points I can get first. Yeah. And what kind of stuff do you think is stuck with you, you know, from OCS to now? Is there anything like specific that you maybe like you learned then that you still continue to do? Yeah, uh, concept, especially in leadership, because, you know, that all that stuff kind of grooms you for leadership, because when when leadership fails, soldiers suffer. And that's just like something that like grind into our minds, bro, because like uh, it's real. And I'll give you an example. I showed up to OCS the first night, you know, and it's a weekend. Uh, we get there and there we have barracks we sleep in, kind of like dormitories. And um, uh-huh. we got there and everyone's like outside, just like kind of like angry. And we're like, hey, what's going on? They're like, oh, we don't have the barracks tonight. I was like, okay, cool. You can sleep in our cars. Like, cool. But it turns out our, our leadership for the, that like class didn't book our barracks that night, so we slept outside. And no way. In our in our we have like uh, sleep systems that we had to like uh-huh. we had to camp that night, you know. But it, it it was the best example I could when leadership fails, soldiers suffer, you know. And um, yeah, as a leader, you don't want to ever be in that position, you know. So say you're you're a commander or something like that, and you like you're going out for a weekend or something like that, and your soldiers don't have porta potties. You know, they're going to suffer a little mm-hmm. bit, so. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That's super good example. On your first night, too. First night, bro, I was like, oh, this is different. I even tell you about yeah, the really. people that were quitting the first morning when I got there. Really? Yeah, I think no I think they make them come back the the next month when we come back and ring the bell in front of us to, like, freak mm-hmm. us out. 
And I was like, we just started. Okay. I was like, we just got here. How they're quitting? There's a bell you ring to like admit like that you quit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, bro. I was like, oh, this is different. I don't know. I'm ready to go home, bro. But, um, you know, I'm blessed to be able to like, you know, got through it, bro. Yeah, definitely. So lately, you know, we were now slowly beginning to come out of quarantine. We spent the last year, year and a couple of months, whatever, sitting inside. How have you spent your time inside? Because I know you've been doing some stuff, which we'll hit on later. Yeah, bro. Um, I'm definitely excited to bring that up. What else have you been doing to kind of consume your time outside of maybe work or any other any other things going on? I probably like worked out the most, bro. To be honest, I got really, I got shredded last summer. Um, well, I try to get like shredded every summer, but um, last summer, bro, I did uh seventy five hard uh, by Andy Frisella. He has a pretty popular podcast called the MSCO Project, and then now it's called the Real AF. And he has a program, so uh, seventy five days straight, right? You drink a gallon of water, you do two workouts. One has to be outside, and they have to at least be forty five minutes long. Uh, you have to read 10 pages from a book every day and you have to take a progress picture. Right. Wow. And those are the components every, every single day, bro. So I finished that last September, bro. And, um, I got, I got pretty shredded. You know, I, I, I feel like I could definitely diet regular and then get shredded, but I wanted to go somewhere else mentally for that. So, um, mm-hmm. that's what I, that's what I did last summer, bro. And, um, that was my fourth try before I, before okay. I got it right, man. And, um, wow. I was, I was doing that D and E. Okay, I, was, I didn't know that. I was doing that D&E, bro, and um, like for me, it was just like the out of sight, out of mind thing. So like forgetting to take the progress picture, leaving water in my gallon, like having two jugs and like leaving water in it overnight or something. And then I'm waking up, I'm like, oh man, falling asleep with my book, you know, on, on top of me. And then I, I, I got to reset, bro. So uh, when I messed up like three times, bro, I was like, I, I got to like reevaluate and figure out like what, what am I doing? What am I in, unintentionally you know, doing? So yeah, best way to like get that. What do you think it was that you did differently from the first three times as compared to the fourth? I had to get really intentional, bro. I, I, I feel like I wasn't like being specific enough. I thought, oh, I got dieted before. I've done stuff like this before. I don't need to like have an actual gallon. And I think that was for me. So like for those, so like when I had messed up with water before, I had like three water bottles and I carried all three of them or something. So this time I got a one and I was like, all right, I'm going okay. to really track it. The like, reading was the hardest for me because I'm not like a, a guy who like reads like that. So I had to do it earlier in the day. I couldn't leave it the chance for me to do it like at 10 o'clock on it. Yeah, that's smart. I wish I could get in more into reading, to be honest with you. But I think it's great that, you know, 10 pages a day. Did you often overread that? Uh, or was it just <laughs> right on 10? Not for me, man. It was right on 10. And um, I probably okay. finished like three, two, three books, you know, in 75 days, bro. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, bro. And um, so, yeah, it was a lesson, man. I got that. And they have to be self-development books. No no fiction. I don't like fiction in general, to be honest. Uh, fiction yeah, I, I can't really get into that. A lot of my stuff is like self-development that I, I dive into. Because you're, you're the man, bro. You're Chris Carter. Something like that. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll take it. You know? That's awesome. Man, that's crazy about 75 days. I, I couldn't imagine. 75 I mean, days. I, oh, and I, a diet, obviously. Like you're dieting the whole time, too. And, okay. and no cheat meals. Yeah. Really? Yeah, bro. So that was that was the that was the biggest thing for me for the diet part. Like no cheat meals at all, man. So I I did that last summer, man. But that, that's predominantly like what I was just like working out, getting shredded, getting ready for you know some big work events. But yeah, bro. What, what you do during the quarantine? I mean, I started the podcast. That's, yeah, that's the first thing. Uh, when I got home, I I couldn't find a job to save my life. To be honest, yeah. and you know, leaving school, college degree, you think it'd be a lot easier than what it is. And I'm getting turned down from grocery stores. I'm getting turned down from like Lowe's hardware, all like you, you name it. Like I probably applied for it. And so outside of that, I spent a ton of time fishing. Yeah. <laughs> so once I finished up with like my senior thesis, like I'd hit the pond every day. 
And I did that and then, you know, started the podcast. And then I finally got a job working at the golf course, <laughs> making seven fifty an hour parking golf carts. And then slowly, like that evolved over time. I, I got paid more. I transitioned from the golf carts down to working maintenance as a greenskeeper. Yeah, well. And, you know, from there, it finally landed a full-time position utilizing my degree. Bro, that's awesome. And, like, the thing about it is, too, like, you figure it out, though, you know. And and that's the biggest thing. It's just trying to figure it out, constantly trying to figure it out, you know. And um, I remember one thing my coach told me, like, in um, college. So I switched over. So we got, like, our own, like, military insurance called TRICARE. Mm-hmm. And so I had came back from training. I came back. You have to re-enroll, right? I was the first doing the allocation through, like, my paycheck. So I'm sitting in the office. You know, we, we obviously, we both competed Division Two. You need, like, insurance. Like <laughs> You can't be, like, competing without insurance. Right. So my coach is like, yeah, like, John, you got insurance, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, you're in the military, right? I was like, yeah. And he's like, I was like, I called, like, three times. They never answered. He was like, you just got to sit there and do something else and, like, get it done. You, know, you got to figure it out. And it, it stuck with me so much because, like, Hey, bro, if you just, like, do that, bro, you're in the game with everything, bro. Like, you just showing up, you know? Like, you're willing to, like, sit on the phone for three hours and get that rebate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. That's crazy. But, yeah, I mean, outside of that, just spending a ton of time trying to focus on the little things and, you know, doing the things that I enjoyed most before I really entered, like, the workforce. Uh, so I got to travel quite a bit. Got to see a ton of new stuff. I, I road tripped halfway across the country with my dad. Did you really? So... Yeah, I did. I, we drove out to Nebraska for a friend's wedding. Actually, he went to DNE as well. That's lit. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And originally, I had just bought a plane ticket. I was going to fly out there. And then due to COVID, they had to push back the wedding. So my ticket really wasn't worth anything. And then, you know, they were able to switch it over to the new date. And then I decided, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to drive out there. Yeah. And the original plan was I was just going to drive by myself because I love long car rides yeah. by myself or with somebody else. Great time to reflect. And then my dad, you know, he was like, yeah, I'll go with you too. So we took the trip. I think we left on a Wednesday. It took us probably about 24 hours. And then we made it there and then made it back and stopped twice on the way back. That's and cool. then, yeah, on the way there, we got to camp out. We camped in Missouri. I got to see Kansas City, got to see St. Louis go up on the, the arc? arch. It was crazy. It was definitely a great experience. And if, you know, I, I could tell anybody to go road trip, 100% try it. Uh, either by yourself, with friends. I've gone on quite a few cross country, and they're awesome. Man, and those are memories, you know? Like, those those are things you can't, you can't like, replace. Right. Yeah, I think just in school, I went in... When I'm at three or four. Oh, my um, gosh. A couple to Wyoming, there and back to Wyoming down to Florida and back. I went from Texas up to Colorado. So just any opportunity I could to travel, I took it. That's awesome. So like, are you a camper? Like you're a big camper guy? Not that big. I'd like to be more into it. But you know, if the opportunity presents itself, I definitely would. I mean, I have the gear for it. Yeah, bro. Don't set aside the time for it. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like nature a lot. So like I like ideally like camping is appealing to me. But then like my experiences like in the field with the military, bro, I'm like, oh, I'm good. Much different. I'm good. Much different, bro. Yeah. It's a it's, it's an experience, bro. And um, like so actually one time we were out there in the field and uh, we have like our ponchos. Right. And they make something called hooches and they're not really tense, but they're meant to break the wind. And you, okay. and you sleep underneath them kind of like tense, though. And you tie the poncho up so the water won't get into it. Right. So I don't know, one of one of our sides, I don't know if it was mine or his, but you know, it started raining hard, bro, like hard. And then our poncho like f- like started to like get in flooded with water and then it eventually fell through on us in the middle of the night. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. So I was like, this is 
fall or play. Oh, wow. When we were in Missouri, we actually, before we went to sleep, we checked the weather and everything. It was looking clear in the morning. And we're like, you know what? We should put on the rain cover just in case. Mm -hmm. Thank gosh we did. Because I woke up at, I think, like 4 or 5 a.m. to a loud crash of thunder and then torrential downpour. And I had to figure out how I was going to go to the bathroom when it was pouring rain without, you know, getting soaked, which is unavoidable. Absolutely. So I had to bite the bullet there. And then it rained probably from like 3 a.m. until like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So we had to pack up all the gear in the rain, too. That's so great. <laughs> I would be livid. Yeah, it was hard not to be. But like, you know, I was still out there. We had a good time. Something to look back and laugh at. It is like, like I said, memories like you can't forget those other people you're doing with, bro. So like, I'm and I'm big on that now. I, you know. I'm 27 now, so I wish I would have did more stuff like that, but I'm also, like, like uh, excited to, like, create more, you know? Right. Yeah, most definitely. Now, we talked about you having a position at DNE and how I could always, you know, go back to you. Do you want to talk more about your position as director of campus activities and multicultural programs? Yeah, bro. So, like, you know, I, so I was groomed at, at Willing Jesuit as a, I was a, started off there as a activities coordinator, you know, and I worked for the director. And director reported to like the dean, and then obviously like, the vice president of like student affairs, and that kind of grew me. Like I kind of think of that as, like the military. That was like my like private first class, like my private stage, where you're like, hey, like late at night, late events, stuff like that, you know. And then eventually, before I left there, I became like assistant director, um, where it's kind of like I'm still in charge of it, but you know, I, like I got the chance to like groom my students to kind of like be able to do it without me if it needed to be. So DNE, I got the opportunity through just mutual friends, you know, higher education, especially in West Virginia, we all like know each other. So I had met right. Scott at a conference, you know, and he met my buddy. My buddy got a new job at WU. So they were looking for someone and he uh, gave him my, you know, name and number, you know, and it, it made a lot of sense because you guys need an activities guy. I do activities, right? And then you need a multicultural guy who also, does, like, like I'm equal opportunity certified, you know, from the military. So you kind of like, it was like kind of like perfect. Like timing, to be honest. The only piece I wasn't super stoked about was res life because I don't do res life, bro. That's too much in the yeah. dorm and stuff. I was like, oh my god, it's a lot. It's a lot. And you were you were the RD of one of the buildings. Yeah, bro. Yes, yeah, so I was an RD as well, man. And um, but it was a good opportunity because I really like for me. I feel like I was kind of groomed well for that position already because I was already like out doing late night events and things like that. So I kind of like understood like the shift work, but like if something happened, what to do, stuff like that. But the I would say the best thing about it all was just like leading the students and in, in, um, in like my dormitory. I had, obviously I had a small one, mm -hmm. but I think like you know my leadership style is like kind of like you know like freedom is earned type of thing. So if you right. you earn you earn it, you earn the respect. Like you guys can be autonomous. I know you're gonna make the smart decision. Yeah, definitely. You know. And then how many how many R RAs were under you? Was it four? Uh, I have four. Have four, I believe. Okay. So yeah, yeah it was think, chill. Yeah, it it sounds cool. Yeah, that dope little apartment on the first floor. Yeah, bro. The the trap house, bro. <laughs> the trap house. Yeah, bro. There you go. And then you were up at Moyer, right? But you had I was, you had, yeah. Hello people. Yeah, we did just on because I was an RA as well, and there were three, five, eight RAs, I believe. Mm -hmm. And honestly, like being an RA in Moyer was the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And like when it came time for my applications, I mean, the first year I got lucky getting stuck in Moyer. I wouldn't even say stuck, getting placed in Moyer. Yeah. And then the second year when I applied, you know how it asked like, what are your building options you'd want to go to? So like Prez, Moyer, Darby. I just did Moyer. And then for option number two, I did Moyer. Like I wasn't going to take no for yeah, an option. Absolutely. Why do you like it so much? 
I don't know. It's it's much more laid back as compared to the other dorms. Yeah. Different vibe to it. And then being on the fraternity hall as well. And then I dated a girl my sophomore year who was an RA as well, her senior year. So I really got to see like the RA life before I stepped into yeah. it. And hearing the stories like from Prez RAs to Moyer RAs to Darby RAs, like Moyer was the place to be. Yeah, I believe and that. Moyer was much more laid back, sometimes too laid back in, you know, some cases where people would be throwing liquor bottles out the window mm-hmm. and then I'd have to go clean it up at 1230. Pain in the butt here and there. But I don't know. I, I just like Moyer so much more. No, I, I get that. I think, uh, well, I, I definitely agree it was probably the chillest place other than, like, obviously, like, mine. But, like, that's for other reasons, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, understandable. <laughs> but then also they knew I would come down there and, like, no, nah, I was kidding. I didn't do anything. But, <laughs> but, yeah, bro, I get that, definitely. Yeah, how was the transition going from Wheeling Jesuit to D&E in terms of, like, the geographic location? Well, I loved it, honestly, because I feel like, like, I love the nature. Like, the nature was just so great out there. Obviously, like, it was less to do in the town, no. But you had like super nice, like like small, like towny, like shops that like were like super like. I like that place where they had like the uh, the pizza. It was like straight down a hill across the street from Dollar General. Oh, uh, C- CJ Maggie's okay. or like yes, bro. Yep, that place, exactly. that place slapped, bro. So I like that place. Obviously, like Scotty's and things like that. But the you, classic go tos, bro. Classic, bro. And um, but other than that, like it was like a huge like change of scenery. to nothing to do. But granted, I was like busy all the time, so it didn't really impact me like that. Right. But yeah, as it relates to like the actual institution, um, I think DNE has so much to offer, bro. So much to offer. Um, I think it was a good move getting someone like me in there uh, who's been other places. Yeah, 100% agree with that. You know, I think it was it was time that they brought in someone younger that could get on the same page with the students, be chill with the students, have an understanding of them, and then still be able to go back to the higher ups and, you know, voice you know, be that uh, liaison in between. Absolutely. And then also just like to, to bring like what other schools are doing back to d and best practices, you know, because I think yeah. I think d has like huge upside, especially in their student affairs area, bro, of like what they can like bring to their students, you know, just like understanding like what other people are doing, what do students now like, you know, and um, definitely. And I think you did a great job really bringing the activities of like what students like seeing, because, you know, in the past, it was just events put on yeah. and not not a lot of not a lot of uh, like outcome a great outcome when it came to the people that came and then the interest wasn't all there but you you found a great way to incorporate like what the students liked versus or in like you know what worked no I, I appreciate that bro and like I said like like trial and error bro real man I understand what you what you all like you know and um, obviously I'm not too far attached so I, I get it you know yeah definitely if you could go back to D and E like go back to well, when we were there together and change anything, is there anything you would change? I would have found those like key students like off jump that weren't involved in student government, like off jump and like kind of like tailored to their type of events. You know, um, like I would have found like Thaddeus Breckenridge and did like a spoken word. I'm sorry, a spoken word club or something off jump, you know, right. Because he has this like small faction like you. Obviously, like we would we would do something together, you know, maybe like a disco night or something. <laughs> there we go. Something like that. something like, you know, that tailored to those key players that like. Uh, were were big in like different factions. Um, it, obviously, like me being new there, I didn't, I didn't like meet you guys. So like you guys came in August, so program is already basically done. You know, right. um, so just like doing that more, and then also empowering those key players. Like, hey, yo, like if you want to do this, I'm down. I support. You know, here's I got I got some budget. Let's do this. You know, um, yeah. And I started finding that at the end. You know, uh, the, towards the last semester. But you, but like, there was a lot of like students like you who were already empowered naturally, bro. He was like, well, I'm trying to have fun senior year. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, go about the smart, easy way. And, you know, I, I think I, especially like my junior year, it was in between smart and easy. Yeah. But then senior year, I'd take a step back and like, okay, we can we can continue doing all that we did. Just do it smart. Absolutely. Without getting in trouble, you know. Absolutely, bro. And um, I, like I said, I think you were super like beneficial and helpful to the, like the culture of like, like what was happening at the university at the time. Yeah, I think. I mean, D and E has such a, a diverse community. And then when you when you said a second ago, like identifying those key players earlier in the game would have been great. But I think it's so awesome. It has so much to offer with how many different types of people are at D and E. And, you know, I would say that DNE isn't for everybody. And, you know, we, we begin to, or, you know, have seen that over time. Yeah. But I think if you find one thing that really sticks to you at DNE, then that's all you need to continue to go there. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. And I feel like, I feel like too, like you find that one thing, you can find all the people who are interested in it as well. You know, I, the, the most unique thing I ever saw was the Augusta uh, Heritage Center. Like, that that was great to me, like, how you all, like, embraced art like that. And you guys had dancers and stuff like that. So I thought that was super cool, you know. Um, but, yeah, just, like, a lot of amazing students, like, you know, like, Richard Davey was up there with me. And, you know, me and him, we, we, had, a, we had our relationship, you know, Richard, right. Richard Davey, John Bad relationship. But, yeah, super, super great student. Uh, Becca, she ran, like, our, our cancer activities board. And she, she did a lot of it by herself, you know. And, obviously, Matt Finn. You know, so, you know, Gabby, like, so met, oh, Calvin, you know, a lot of, a lot of good students and I don't want to miss anyone. So I'm going to stop naming names, but, okay, there <laughs> but, um, but yeah, bro, like a lot of good students, I wish I would have like been able to like, kind of like cultivate their gifts and like, kind of like form like stuff around them, you know? Right. Yeah. I wish we could have been there longer together. Like you came in like junior, sophomore year. Yeah, bro. That would have been great. No, absolutely, man. Really would have grown. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, now we're going to get into... The stuff that I've been dying to talk to you about. You know, it, I've, I've been seeing this stuff on Instagram when I've been on Instagram on and off, um, seeing it on your Snapchat story. You have a podcast coming out soon. You want to you know, spill a little bit about that all that you can? Yeah, bro, it's going to be lit. So so my Instagram name is Jb the Massive, right? And the premise for, for my Instagram is like, I don't know, I just like kind of like Jb the Massive, you know, we like work out or something. But also like the mass is like a large demographic of people, bro. So, uh, you know, trying to come up with names, you know, talking to people. So the podcast is going to actually be named uh, For the Masses Podcast. Right. And God, that's such a good name. Bro, I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it, man. I was, I was so smart. I was like, I was torn over the name for like a couple of weeks, bro. And um, so yeah, blessed to be able to get the name, man. We got some graphics out. So, you know, we cover things, leadership, faith, self-development, growth, finance, relationships, you know, and um, I don't know what's going to come from it in the sense of like what direction, like, like you said, like the niche we're going to go in, but I'm super excited. You know, I think the biggest things for me, like incentives to start a podcast well, obviously, like you were doing it, right? I was like, hey, Chris Carter doing it. I got to do it. I got to get in the game, right? Uh, barrier to entry, like, it's really easy to get a podcast started, but I feel yeah, like I, I there's a lot that. of growth, too. You know, there's a guy, Pat Flynn. He was like, there's like, like, podcasts just hit a million, you know, podcasts, you know? And then we look at like YouTubers and there's like 10 million YouTubers, you know? So, like, we got like a lot of growth. You know, I meet people every day who don't have a podcast, bro, who don't listen to podcasts. Right. It's crazy to me. I mean, I spend majority of my day at work listening to podcasts. Exactly right. Um, but I mean, podcasts are on the come up, man. I'm telling you. I mean, when I got my first iPhone uh, up until probably like the iPhone 6 on the podcast app, I would just automatically delete it. Like, I yeah. don't need that on my phone. And then looking back, I'm like, dang, like I missed out on so many good, like good podcasts, good episodes where I now go back through and re-listen to. But yeah, you're right. I think there is it is super easy 
to enter the podcast realm. I mean, you buy a mic. Actually, you don't even need a mic. Like, yeah. Anchor makes it so incredibly easy to get your podcast going. You can record it right from your phone. I think what the harder part is, like easy to enter, I think harder to stay consistent with it. I I agree and like have that niche, you know, and um, and like me and you talked uh, earlier about this, but just like having like a clip of like episodes ready to go so you can have that momentum and you're not in that like creative like loop of like, what am I going to create? Especially if you have a niche, like if you're doing something like dental hygiene, like Oh yeah, you you can bank episodes for days. Bank episodes day, and you can do like batch batch recording there. You know, just sit down on a Saturday and like get all your your thoughts out. You know, do massive uh, editing, and then you can do like that. Well, obviously, like I like your podcast based off current events, so um, it'll be a little bit harder to do that. But you know, it's done. it can it can be done. You know. Yeah, I think I think definitely over time it will continue to evolve into something where I can begin to begin to bank episodes or do batch recording, batch editing. Do you have any goals for the podcast? Anything that you're wanting to get out of it? Well, yeah. So, like, my thing is, like, I've I always fell in love with, like, how, like, musicians and artists, like, they would create something and they were able to, like, name it after something they like, right? So, like, a rapper would make a song and he would name it Mona Lisa because he thinks she likes the baddest chick ever. Like, right. that's so attractive Shout to me, out bro. Big Sean. Shout out Big Sean, bro. And, um, like, that's, that's, like, the dopest thing ever for me. So, like, just, like, I was always attracted to, like, people, like, creating you know, even when I was younger, man, just like even when I made my highlight tape for wrestling, you know, and I, I movie, you know, um, Windows Maker or something like that on like um, my old Dell, you know, I was like super like creative when that product was finished. I was like, this is dope, you know, adding my favorite song. Like that's like my touch to it, you know. So I was just, right. just, in, just in love with like having a place to collectively place my thoughts. You know, people are asking me about my thoughts on a consistent basis. So I was like, why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean. Great way to great way to get going with it. And one thing I've continued to tell people, like everybody can talk about starting a podcast. But I think the hardest, the hardest part, in my opinion, is actually like sitting down and doing. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's there's a huge difference between the talk and like the do, you know? Absolutely, man. And um, and and that's what me like. And you kind of inspired me when you dropped yours, because like I've been talking about doing a podcast for a few months now. And I was like, I still haven't done it. You know, like I said, Anchor makes it super easy, you know, but obviously like, you know, we get into our heads about like the production aspect of it. You know, that favorite podcast we heard that has like, you know, editors, videographers, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, don't. I could talk about that for days, to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, but you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere, man. And um, so like I'm super excited, you know, just to like interview these people that I I, I want to talk to, Renee, and just like get what they like have to say about certain topics, you know. Um, and like put my flair on it, like naming the episode. My first episode was called Rebate because we talk about a rebate forum on episode one yeah. of the For the Masses podcast. You know, so that's exciting to me. That's awesome. And then are you recording it in your apartment right now? I'm recording. Or, like, is that where? You- yep. Sit, r- okay. sit right here, bro, or sometimes sit over there if I'm doing on Anchor, bro, and uh, we just make it happen, bro. That's awesome. Do you have multiple mics or just one right now? So, yeah, right now I got this one, bro. So, I was listening to a podcast about how to make a podcast. That's <laughs> how, like, see, like, <laughs> you can make a podcast about anything. Bro, and he, that dude's probably killing it, but he was like, oh, yeah, like, so I watched the podcast, and this guy said this. He said, I listened to a podcast about how to make a podcast, and... Uh, he said, just get this kit off of Amazon. And it was like a $35 Amazon kit with like the whole rig. So I just thought that was like super dope. I was like, they really make it easy at this point. Like there's no reason not to, you know? So a little bit of they like uh, aptitude, you can figure it out. So yeah, bro. Um, You know, so for the masses podcast, uh, like I said, like a specific niche, I don't really know. I don't know if people like, well, do they want to hear one-offs from me? If they want interviews from me or both, 
you know, I, I don't really know as it relates to like goals. I, I just want to be consistent, man. I just want to be consistent and drop like stuff like what's on my heart, what's on my mind, soul, you know, and um, just have these conversations, bro. Yeah, definitely. And I think another thing that like I had to that I kind of like faced at the beginning where I was so set on episodes needing to be an hour long yeah, to where it puts pressure on myself. Like, OK, I got to think of something to talk about for an hour straight. But then you kind of think about it like it doesn't have to be an hour long. Like I've listened to podcasts that are 10, 15 minutes yep. long once a week. So you can really like make it however you want it. No, absolutely, bro. And um, my buddy Jamie Kane told me that he has a podcast called Liberty Uninterrupted. And it's a libertarian based podcast. But he had another podcast prior to where it called the Everyday Edge, where he just basically talked about compounding your efforts over every day to get better, you know, in that self-development area. But obviously, that was a slow burn for him. He learned a lot from that one. And he started transferring to this political one. And um, like I said, like he's blowing up. So he really told me that like you got to you got to start bad, right? get a few episodes together and um and it's like you'll get better you know i was really frustrated with my first interview because i feel like i was reading off a script bro and i just felt so robotic as opposed to like just sitting down turning the camera on have these conversations right yeah it's tough it, it definitely takes time and i mean I, I face the same things as well like i've been on and off with writing a script for an episode and then i'll record it and i'm like i sound like i recorded it word for word or like yeah. right off the page yeah and then other things are more like extemporaneous, like right on the spot. But I found it easy to kind of just form a rough draft around the ideas yeah. and then just naturally flow into them. No, absolutely. Do you feel weird like talking to the mic by yourself? Not too bad. I mean, I've always like felt super comfortable. Like I can sit down and I can just like record a video for Snapchat and then just like publish it to my story yeah. and just like be comfortable about it. So I've always been somewhat, you know, confident like that. And then at first it was a little tough to do, but over time, like, just this most recent episode I put out, like I knocked it out in like 30 minutes. I sat down. It was like 2 a.m. I had a flight at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. So I ha I had to bang it out. But that's lit. I feel like, yeah, because <laughs> I made the mistake last week where, you know, I talked about it. I just messed up on the tracks. I goofed yeah. two episodes in a row. And, you know, that happens. Like if something doesn't go wrong with the podcast, like did you make a podcast? Absolutely. Right. Um, but yeah, at first it is a little weird. And then it's even weirder going back through and listening to it. Yeah. But honestly, I kind of enjoy that. Like I find a spot in my day where I can sit down and like pre-listen to my episode before I publish it. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because like I can follow along with it in my head and then just like point out things that like I say in the episode or if I know a certain topic's coming up, like I'll be excited. Like, yo, I'm, I'm stoked to hear about what I'm going to say about this. But I, th I think it comes in time. No, no, absolutely, bro. And I feel like especially with that, like, because your last episode, you sat down and you just like did an episode by yourself, man. And that's impressive to me because like a lot of people can't do that, you know, and, and it, it, but it didn't seem forced. It just seemed like you were like, kind of like a news anchor, bro. And you were just coming out and giving your opinion on everything, um, you know, adding your own flavor to it, bro. So like, I, I think it was awesome. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you listening. When I recorded an episode with Tyler Reed a while back, I think like the first line of the podcast that I had clipped into it, we struggled to get it started. Yeah. And he said, he's like, you know what, this is so much harder than what people think. Like, all you have to do is just sit down and talk in front of a mic and camera. But like, it seems much more challenging than sitting down and talking in front of a mic it's and camera. It's so true, bro. It's so true. It's not easy at all, man. So like, I, I'm, I'm look, looking forward to like learning the craft, bro. Like, I, I want to like, I want to be like the like the jaggedest, shreddiest like podcast host on the planet. Like, that's kind of like. There we go. That, just, that could be your niche right there. That's my niche, bro. That just happened just now. There we go. Mm -hmm. You just you gotta think through. You gotta think through the stuff, and then it naturally comes to mm -hmm. you. Which I'm 
kind of doing that right now. I'm trying to naturally flow into a specific niche, trying not to rush into it because what I've really aimed for is like slow, steady growth. Yeah. I'm not looking to bang out a podcast and then wake up with a thousand, two thousand, three thousand listens. Like that's that's so it's not possible yeah. to be honest. It's possible, but like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless you it's like, unrealistic. I, I get that. Unless you're coming from another platform, you know. Right. So no, I, I get that, bro. And um, like I said, I think you're on the right path, bro. Like, like I said, like I'm listening to yours. I, I, I was entertained by it, you know. And I don't. I appreciate. And that. I like podcasts, bro. But I, I dislike podcasts where people are just like talking to junk, bro, or just sitting there like random stuff. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like. Yeah, it. I'm definitely with you on that one. And I think it's more interesting, like hearing because I have other friends that do podcasts and like sitting down and listening to what they have to say. And I noticed this with a friend of mine. I hadn't seen him in a few months, and last time I saw him. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, I heard you did this, this and that. And like, I hadn't told him, but he's just kept up with the podcast. Yeah, bro. Which is like, it's great to keep like my friends in the loop still. And that's attractive to me. Like when you have like super fans, you know, you're building your tribe, you know. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like that's where you're going, bro. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked for you to come out with the podcast. You need any help with it. You know how to reach me. I'm more than happy to help out. Hey, I appreciate it, bro. You already know I'm like, I'm already like trying to get the tech, the tech aspect of things together. Yeah, definitely. Now, I have two more things I want to talk about. Let's get okay? it. Let's get it. So the, I'm saving the best for the last. Let's get it. But the next thing that I would like to talk about is a lot of people say this, and I'm definitely definitely behind them on this. I, I couldn't agree with you with them anymore. People say that you kind of have your own vernacular, your own <laughs> lingo. You know, you're really you're coining terms out here. Why do you or like, do you have any like specific examples of that? Like for the people, for the people listening right. that don't know JB, but because I know the people that know JB Right now, they're sitting, thinking in their head, like, going through all, all the captions that you post, you know? That's so wild, bro. <laughs> because I, bro, I, didn't leave, I didn't read that question in the notes, right? So I didn't understand what you meant. But it's so wild because, like, no one really knows where I'm from. I don't, I don't really sound like I'm from a specific region or anything like that, bro. But so, like, I was born in New York, lived in New York for nine years. So I, but I don't have that northern, like, rough accent where people are like, hey, man, or anything like that. So, right. And then I'm from, so then I, then I grew up in Southside Richmond, Virginia which is not South, so like Southern, but there are Southern people there. So like, I, but I, I grew up in inner city there. So it was like, where are you, where are you from? You know? And then, and then I lived in West Virginia for six years. So I really, I really don't know where I get my lingo from besides pop culture, bro. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a bro, a gym bro. All right. Like super like into, into my like faith. Right. And I think like, like super into like rap music and like things like that, like pop culture. So I just listen to all that stuff and I use everything. I consider myself like a Midwesterner, bro. Like I, f- okay. I feel like, I don't know, bro. I just like, and I, I, like, I realize now that when I talk to people, I use so much slang that no one knows what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I, I could see that. I was like, I was talking to someone yesterday and I was like, yeah, you trying to get some, like, we'll, we'll get up and talk chickens. And they're like, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you mean? Okay, you talk funny. chickens, bro? Yeah, bro, that, and I'd be like, man, that's a vibe. And, like, you know, just, like, it just depends on what I've listened it's to. It's lit. It's lit. Bless up. 100% bless up, bro. So, yeah, bro, and, and that's sort of something I take pride in, like, just being myself, bro. You know, wherever I yeah, go. Yeah, and that, that's awesome. I mean, people follow behind it. You got other people saying it. It's cool to see. That's so funny, bro. I didn't, I didn't, I, I'm just realizing this. That's why I'm so, like, oh, my God, that's, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I think what I think, in my opinion, that, you know, living in, you know, close to the DMV area as well, like you pick up a ton of lingo yeah. up that way as well. So I think that adds to it. I mean, to be honest, I love the DMV lingo. Yeah, bro. If I could just like transform my entire vocabulary to like how they talk up there, bro, I, I would 100%. <laughs> That's hella funny because like you'd be like, like my guy, what's up, my guy? 
you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Bro. That's hella funny, bro. But, um, but yeah, it's cool to kind of see that mix between all those different locations where you've lived. Bro, absolutely. And I, I like, I, I take pride in like also just like knowing people from those different areas, man. And like, kind of like taking what they, what I, I see from them and I just like mimic it. And I don't know why it's like innate for me, man. I don't know what it is, but I, I just, I just do it, man. I'm ready to start saying yeah, like, it crazy or like nutty or something. I'm like, that's my new word. Yeah, really. You could just do ad libs for. For some music, which leads me into, JB, the final topic. Let's get it. We're going to talk a little bit about music. You've been hyping it up. You've been putting some cloud on it for some time now. Since we left d e last May or May 2020, you've been in talks about a mixtape. JB, tell me about this mixtape. Tell me, you know, what sparked the idea, the progress, you know, things that you've been doing with it. Yeah, bro. So, like, bless the street tell on me. I mean, are we getting a sample? We're not right now, right now. <laughs> okay. But I was about to say, like, an exclusive on Just Chris Podcast? That would be fire. But, hey, hey Chris Carter, you know, I got to get something for you. So I will tell you what, like, my song is going to be called. I'll tell you that. All right. Yeah, so, just give me a little, little sneak peek. So the mixtape the mixtape is uh, Bust the Streets. Uh, Bust the Streets 1. That's the mixtape, right? And then the actual song I'm coming out with, my first single is going to be called, like, Messy Bun and Sage. You know, and the premise behind that is, like, you know, it's a young lady with a messy bun and she burns sage because like all these other dudes are like toxic, you know, and Ooh. that's deep, right? That's, that's real, you know, and Chris Carter, Dang. That's, uh, yeah, and Chris Carter, I know you're a man of like of quality, so I know you appreciate a good messy bun. <laughs> I do. To be honest, messy bun, some sweatpants, don't get me started. Girl, that's a vibe, right? But, um, but yeah, so like, so honestly, bro, I was like, it was kind of like the podcasting idea. I just was like always attracted to like that whole idea of like creating it, then like putting your own personal touch on it. So I was like, bro, like, like I can do this. But as you, as you can see, like the technical aspect of things, you know, trying to figure it out and like, like, you know, my, my goal is to definitely drop something for the end of the year. I just got to sit down and do it, you know, but the podcast kind of. Right. It, just starting up. We're going to do it, man. So um, like, I, I, I'm looking forward to it, bro. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you're. Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you're tapped into it, dude. I, I've been following this since day one. I mean, I've I've talked to other people. Jaki and I talk about it quite a bit. <laughs> we'll, we'll send the snaps back and forth. Like JB, when you drop in the mixtape, that's hella funny. Um, Shout out to Jakia. Shout out to Jakia. There we go. Shout out to Jakia. She's actually one of the podcast supporters as well. I Shout heard her out last episode. Now, one thing I have noticed: a lot of a lot of producers, you know, they get their stuff or they get a start from hearing other people or like similar flows or similar styles. Would you say that you mimic any specific person or any specific rapper, uh, creator? Yeah, I would say all of like the like modern day ones, like like all the ones who like sing and use autotune, bro. So like, I mean, obviously like Drake, because everyone sings their own chorus, like chorus now, right? And like Hook, Drake, I like Dirk. I listen to, I listen to like trap stuff, Chris Carter. Like, uh, so like Drake, Dirk, like, like Polo G, like all those like new guys we seeing, Lil Yachty, like Uzi, like all those all those type of guys, man. And um, because obviously like rapping is a skill, and those people who really right. rap rap, like they're like either like very very talented and cultivated, or like just like years and years. So I try to like stay in my lane and like you know make some some of my melodies. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna give you a little podcast exclusive here. Uh, me and my sister's boyfriend Colby, who who stays with us probably like five six nights a week mm-hmm. at the house because he lives close or he works close by. We sat down one night or a few nights in a row and tried to cook it up on Ableton. And, you know, we got some samples online. I tried to do what I could. And then I tried to get on the beat. And it's so hard, JB. I'm going to tell you, it's so hard. <laughs> and then Colby gets on and he just spits it and kills it. There is, Finding the flow is tough. It's hard, bro. Cause you, and then you got to find you got to find your tempo, too. Like, you got to find, like, the tempo that's, like, good for your flow, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you got to, like, so, like, take your favorite artist, like, and then, like, type them, like, on YouTube, like, 
like uh Drake type beats or like, you know, um like little Uzi type beats, you know, and they'll have like similar tempos. So then you can find your beat like that, bro. Yeah, I mean, at one point, we were literally on YouTube. And I just typed in Jason Aldean type beat just to see what we could get. Because, like, we really tried to mix it up with the different type of genres, testing it out. And country music, we were flowing with. And then rap music, definitely. I could not get it done. I feel like my style, when it came to the rap part, it was, like, the screamo white kid thing. Yeah. And that just kind of worked. <laughs> Um, it just, it's kind of worked. Like we wrote down some lyrics and then Colby spit it in his flow. And then I tried, tried his flow. I was like, this isn't working. Yeah. So I just like naturally went to the screaming white kids stuff and it didn't sound too bad after auto tune and all that. Bro, so auto tune saves the day, bro. Maybe, maybe we'll drop a single when you drop the mixtape. Bro, I'll hop on a track or I'll put you on a track, bro. There we go. Like, Don't tempt me. Bro, I'm serious. Like, and the thing too is like, uh, you, you, you can look like, uh, some like MGK type stuff, bro. He, he made it, but he can rap rap. I'm like, I'm not trying he to. can rap rap. That's that's definitely not me. <laughs> I'm an accountant, bro. Like that's hella funny. <laughs> but yeah, bro. That's funny. Dude, before we before we conclude the call, I, I wish we didn't have to end it. I wish we could probably talk for a few more hours, but I gotta eat dinner still. No, same, bro. Do you have any anything you wanna plug, any socials, things to look out for? You know, once we conclude, definitely send me over some of the links to your stuff and I'll plug it in the description. But what do you have? Absolutely, bro. So yeah, so my um my Instagram handle uh, at JB the Masses. That's my Twitter, that's my Snapchat as well. Uh J B T H E Masses M A S S E S. And then the podcast page on Instagram is underscore for the masses. F-O-R-T-H-E-M-A-S-S-E-S. But yeah, bro, I'm super excited. We should have be having the first episode really, really, really soon. So I'm super excited, bro. Dude, I'm stoked for you. Again, let me know if you need any help. And then I'm, I'm going to get you back on the podcast soon. You know, once you get flown with your podcast, we're going to bring you back over. Kind of talk about your progress, anything you've been flowing with us. Absolutely, bro. You know we're going to get you on and you're on the Florida Masters podcast, bro. There we go, dude. Now we're talking. We, now we're talking business, JB. We might even post this one. Maybe. You never know. That's going to be a vibe, bro. So Yes, sir. It'll be lit. But again, JB, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time out this evening. Had a great time, and I'm looking forward to getting this one up to the people. Hey, absolutely, bro. Hey, have a best night, right? And we'll talk chickens. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, JB. All right, Take it easy. Hey, my homie Chris Carter just toured the podcast. I'm super grateful that I was able to jump on his show. And I pray that everyone in the Florida Masters community was able to learn a little bit about me, uh, everything that led me to this point in time. And I'm just super grateful that I, I met Chris Carter. Like I said, he's a production genius and he's been super instrumental in helping me get this podcast up and running. So everyone go listen to the Just Chris podcast, you know, go leave a review, leave five stars and do what you have to do to support his podcast. He does a current event based podcast and I promise it will provide value to you. Thank you for listening for the Masters podcast. This podcast is dedicated to my mother, Alfredo Bullock. She ran her race with elegance and pride. I love you forever and always.